Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast. And today we are going to begin studying Ezekiel, that's the prophet Yechezkel, um, chapter 3. Uh, just to remind you, at the end of chapter 2, God had given Yechezkel a scroll uh, to eat. Um, God had asked him to, uh, and he showed him the contents of the scroll, which was full of of, of lamentations and suffering and, and predictions about the upcoming destruction of Jerusalem and the terrible suffering that was going to go along with it. And it was an ex- obviously an extremely unpleasant thing to digest. But God wanted him to consume this scroll <coughs> symbolically to demonstrate um, how how he needed to internalize the message of the scroll and make it a part of himself, internalize it in such a way that he truly realizes in the, as deep as possible for a human being to recognize that this is going to be, this is what is going to happen. Of course, we see from the verses and what happened here that Yechezkel, the prophet, was not eager or anxious to eat this for obvious reasons. And he... Um, he was reluctant to do so. So let's begin verse 1 and we'll see what happens with that reluctance. By Yomer Eli, so, and God said to me. Now here we see none of the vision anymore, the extremely elaborate and, and fantastical vision that he had had. It is all listening to God's speech. I'm going to point out that idea several times and we discussed it a little in the previous podcast. So God said to me, Ben Adam, Mortal, you human being. That which you find, eat it. And then God repeats it and says, and specifies, eat this scroll. And once you eat it and internalize the message, then you will be able to, and then you should go and speak to the people of Israel. Um, it is not your choice. Um, I, I just want to point out that which you find you should eat. In other words, when you go through life, we need to internalize the messages that we encounter regardless of what those messages are, whether we like them or not. They're not always pleasant. But that which you find, and right now, what is it that you find? God repeats, in your case right now, it happens to be this scroll and the contents of this scroll. But as a general rule for life, this is a very deep and important idea. That which you have is that which you must eat. um, So, however, still, Yechezkel, and let's look at verse 2, was still reluctant to do so. But as he, God was was pushing him to do this, he said, I opened my mouth, and he fed to me. So here we see that even after being told directly by God, he still did not eat it on his own, but rather God had to feed it to him. He didn't pick it up and put it in his mouth, but God fed him as one would feed an infant. Eta Megillah Hazot, this particular scroll. It doesn't just say this, the Megillah, but this Megillah, the one that he found, the one that had in it all of those things he did not want to read. Vayomer Eli, and then God said to me, this is verse 3, Ben Adam, human being, Bitnicha ta'achel umeecha timale. 
you uh, feed your stomach, give your insides that which to eat, this which to eat, and you will fill up your belly. In other words, the experience of this on your mouth may not be great, may not be wonderful. However, this needs to be taken into the depth of your body, has to become incorporated within your body as a human being. This girl, that I'm giving to you, and um, I ate it. After God put it in my mouth, I ate it. And it felt in my mouth like honey for sweetness. Now this is odd because here God keeps telling Yechezkel he must eat it despite the fact that it's, that it's not pleasant. And Yechezkel was avoiding it because it was not pleasant. And we know for a fact that it very much was not pleasant. There were many, this was a scroll of suffering. This was not, and we know that Yechezkel was even reluctant to go on his mission. But this idea that he says that eating it was sweet like honey is just just strikes one as strange. Of course, the, the, the Mepharshim explained that how could this be, I mean, so I would, one would ask, well, how could this possibly be sweet? There's numerous explanations. Many of the commentators explain that God's word is sweet, uh, regardless of whether we like it or not, because it is God's word, God's word is sweet. Other Mepharshim explain that once one internalizes God's message, then even things which outwardly seem like suffering and bad, one internalizes the message and one can experience them as good. Uh, another is, and which is a related idea, is the idea of tzidduk hadin, that when one goes through suffering, but one says and understands that God is just, even though we don't understand His ways, one can experience things sweetly. Now, these are some of the explanations, but to be honest completely, I don't fully understand any of the above. Um, <clears throat> because no matter how much of a righteous and trusting person someone is, and someone could do Tzidukadin and accept upon himself even terrible suffering and understand that it's the will of God. That is at a very lofty and high level, which we may all aspire to if, God forbid, we are subjected to suffering. However, to call it sweet like honey, that's, I think, a little bit overboard. To say that someone going through terrible suffering can accept his suffering is one thing, but to say that he actually feels like it's sweet as honey, it's just difficult. It's difficult to challenge. I mean, maybe, maybe if that works, if you like that explanation. But to me, I actually think that what this means is, is that I, is the, where the key thing here is the word kit, is the word as if. And as we saw before in, in the first chapter, whenever Ezekiel used the word as if, it's something that he was not able to attain. He, so it was a vision he wasn't able to see, but it was as if he saw something. And therefore it's saying over here, Tuvatihi Bafi, I ate it, and I ate it with 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 um with gusto, so to speak. I ate it um eagerly as if it tasted like sweet honey. In other words, it didn't actually taste like sweet honey. Yechezka was a human being. Suffering never tastes sweet, no matter how high or holy a level one is on. But I ate it as if it was sweet as honey. This is the way I understand. So it didn't, uh, uh, this this verse, and it would be consistent with the way, I'm sorry, I, I slipped and said Isaiah, but I mean Ezekiel. Um, this would be consistent with the way he has been speaking this entire time until now. So now he has absorbed the message. So by Yomer Eli, this is verse 4, and now God said to me, um, 
Ben Adam, human being, Lech Boel Beit Yisrael. Now I want you to go and come. Whenever it says Lech Bo, I want you to go to them and then arrive there with them. El Beit Yisrael to the people of Israel. Vidi Vidvarai Alehem. And I want you to speak with my words to them. This is crucial. Um, we won't get this to this in today's podcast, but God is instructing Ezekiel and Yechezkel that, that, that I want you to speak my words. I don't want you to speak your own words of rebuke, even though under normal circumstances, one would be obligated to give his own words of rebuke. Nowadays, you and I, we're not prophets, but if we see someone doing something wrong, we are obligated. The Pasuk says, the, verse, the Torah teaches us, one should rebuke one's neighbor, one should teach others the right way. But God is saying, no, I only want you to speak the words that I tell you. This is important. Bear this in mind because we're going to come back to this in future podcasts. But it is an underlying important idea in Yechezkel. I am not sending you to people who have a deep language and a, and a heavy language is the literal translation. But what it means is I'm not sending you to a nation that you don't understand. I'm not sending you to a nation who have a language which you don't speak. And I'm not sending you to some foreign group of people that you're not familiar with. But rather, you are being sent to the people of Israel. You are very familiar with them. You know how they work. You know how they talk. You know their language. You're one of them. You can speak to them. But there are many nations out there, and I'm not sending you to those many nations that are that have other languages that you may or may not be familiar with. That you wouldn't understand their words. Because if only it was that I was sending you to them, they might even listen to you. Because, as we've seen many times, uh, the, there's um, uh, in Isaiah we've seen Isaiah we saw it in Jeremiah we saw it. The, the one that sticks out to me is Jeremiah um, two, verse eleven, where um, let me just bring that up to you. Where, where the prophet there, in verse 11, um, says as follows. Hahimir goi Elohim vehimalo Elohim v'ami. I'm sorry, I lost it again. No other nation has has rebelled against its, every other nation follows its laws, worships its gods, and, and messages that they uh, get from their gods, they heed them. And if I were to send a messenger to them in, in the name of God, they would listen, but my people reject their own God. And we see this, of course, famously in the entire book of Jonah is about how the people of uh, Nineveh listened to the message of God and repented, but my people don't. This, of course, was what the prophet Jonah was most afraid of, was that the people were, uh, by uh, Assyria would listen, which would make the people of Israel look bad, which is exactly what we're seeing here. The others, because had I only been sending you to them, they actually would listen. However, back to verse 7, they will not um, desire to listen to you. They will not want to do it. Because they do not want to listen to me. 
The language of Ovim is, is similar to the language we find in Devarim in Deuteronomy 25.7. Lo avayivami, my, my, the, in, with the levirate marriage, my, my brother-in-law does not want to marry me, to take me in to establish a name of his brother who had passed away. So avami means to desire. This is important because many translations translate, they will refuse to listen. I do not believe that's the point. They will not want to listen. They will not want to hear the message. Why do they not want to listen? Because the house of Israel, they are literally, it means have a brazen forehead and a hard heart, which is the Bible's, the Torah's way, the Tanakh's way often of saying that they are stubborn. So although many, many, I mean, almost every commentary assumes that this means that they will not, absolutely will not listen and there's no chance for change. I'm, I have been so far, if you noticed, and I'll continue to read what the words say and what I feel is the message here. Not th- that Yechezkel should not expect them to listen because they almost certainly won't, but there is still a chance that they will. In other words, they will not desire to do so, but you still have to bring them the message. And why? Verse 8, because I am going to make your face just as strong against their faces. And just like their faces were, ha- or were of brazen forehead and they were stubborn, you will also be stubborn in bringing the message of God to them. I will make your forehead strong against theirs. So you do not have to worry. Like a shamir, exactly what a shamir is, some kind of substance in the Talmud, it's some kind of a, of a creature, but that's a very strong creature which can be used to cut rock. So sometimes it's even translated, I've seen as a diamond, but it's a strong substance which is stronger than a rock. I have made your, so if they have a, a hard forehead, if they're stubborn, I have made your forehead even harder and even more strong. Do not be afraid of them. Do not um, uh, be uh, dismayed by them or do not be um, scared from them. Because we already know that they are rebellious. You can get yourself ready. You can handle them. And then God said to me, this is verse 10. Ben Adam, human being, et kol lecha, every word that I speak to you, kach bilvavcha, take it in your heart, uva Again, this idea, in your ears, I want you to hear it. Again, this is God speaking to him, not being seen by him. Um, I want you to take it into your heart, bring it into your ears, bring it into your belly like you did with that scroll. It has to become a part of you. And then, once it's a part of you, then bo el hagola. Then I want you to go to the exile. In other words, the people to whom Ezekiel will be saying these prophecies are the people that are with him in exile in Babylon. He's, God is not asking him to travel to Jerusalem to speak to the remnant of the people that are still there because at this time the temple is still standing. and speak to them and tell them this is what God says. Once you have internalized my message, in other words, it will be my message, not your message, whether they listen or whether they refuse to listen. Now, again, this means that there is a chance that they will listen. Not that God, God is telling him, you be stubborn regardless, no matter what, whether they listen or not. But the possibility of listening still does exist. At this point, um, I heard, in other words, he was still in the presence of this fantastical vision, but he wasn't seeing it anymore. He was only hearing it. So again, I heard the 
loud roaring and tumult of the angels behind me, which and the angels calling out the words, Baruch Kivod Adonai Mim Komo, blessed is the honor of God from his place. I heard the flapping of the wings, flapping against each other, the sound of those wheels um, rolling, and the sound of a great uh, roar and tumultuousness. I heard all of that, but I didn't see it anymore. Remember, there was no more vision, but there was hearing. And a spirit carried me and brought me, and I went, and 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 bitter with my spirit was was literally on in in Hamas is a fury or fire so there was there's this tremendous energy but it was mar it was bitter which is why I think that that uh, the sweetness of honey doesn't mean that he actually felt sweetness of honey it just doesn't fit with the thing but rather I I translated it the way I did and explained it before and the hand of God was very strong upon me in other words I didn't have the energy on my own to do it I was reluctant to do it but God was guiding me God was pushing me God was making me do it so to speak and remember what God said just a couple of verses ago he says I want you to go to the people and speak to them Right, but before that, that was a verse eleven. Before that, in verse ten, God says, "You need to take it into your heart. You need to take it into your ears. Then, Velechbo, then you go and you speak." Which is why we're going to see in just a minute. el hagola. Then I came to where the exiles were living. They were living in a place called Tel Aviv, Hayoshvim al Nahar Kavar, which was on the river Kavar in Babylon. And then I settled because that's where the people were settled. I sat there for seven days, quiet, just dumbfounded, sitting among the people. Presumably those seven days God felt he needed in order to absorb the message before God were asking him to speak. And then it says in verse 16, where we're going to also start from next time, It was at the end of the seven days, And then the word of God was upon me saying as follows, we're going to do start from this verse 16 in the next podcast and finish Ezekiel chapter 3. But those seven days were the seven days where Ezekiel had to absorb the message until God felt that he was ready to start communicating that message. Thank you so much for studying Yechezkel, Ezekiel chapter 3a together. Looking forward to finishing chapter 3 and of course studying together much more of this wonderful book.